0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: love Talk Radio.
2: From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization. Committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the Collaborative Problem Solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347 994 2981 If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better. Well, hello there from uh, very snowy, wintry Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I am delighted to have you with me today. On uh, our parents' panel day, this is without question the most uh, exciting show of the month for me um this is when i and um several parents who have some experience in parenting challenging kids get together on the phone and talk about any variety of topics um related to helping challenging kids um I think that we have only one of our uh parents panel members on with us at the moment, and um we have a slight complication today because I'm connecting to the program wirelessly uh and that's could be a little unreliable so today's program could be a little interesting, just like Basel our uh one of our uh panelists on um our program for educators uh he was in a snowstorm last time he did uh collaborative problem um, at school uh last time he was on he was in a snowstorm and um today i'm in a storm so this could be an interesting day for collaborative problem solving at school in fact I'm not even sure that I'm even being heard at this point. Well, I think we are now back on, um, and I do want to apologize for that. As I was trying to say, I'm connecting to the show today wirelessly because I am stuck out on the roads in the snow in Boston um, and um, am away from where I usually do the program. So this could be an interesting program today. But I know that we have one of our um, panelists on with us today, and um going to bring her on soon uh in fact let's bring her on now hold on let's see um just checking in here with uh my email to see who's on with me today and who's not looks like we have Susie on with us and I'm going to bring Susie on t- uh right now Susie you're back on the let's see if it'll work Susie you're back on the program how are you today nope Well, unfortunately I'm having trouble even getting the switchboard to work. So here's what I am thinking, and it could be my internet connection that is getting in the way here. Um so let, now I've got Susie on. Susie, are you with me? Yes, I am. Wow. So this is turning out to be an interesting parents panel day. Um now I'm trying to bring on
1: who's our caller from area code seven eight one. Who do we have? Uh, that's me, Dr. Ross. I'm a, I'm not a parent panelist, but I'm just calling with a question. No worries. You know what? We're going to
2: take your calls. We've got Susie on, uh, who's one of our parents panel members, and we've got you on. So let's let's do this, anyways. Even though um, those of you who are listening in other parts of the country where we are not, where you're not getting hit by this storm may have difficulty relating, but um, I was stranded on the roads. I've been doing the uh, program for my car today, connecting wirelessly. So, Susie, I'm glad we have you on. We don't have our other parents' panel members on, but we've got Susie and me And from Area Code 781. Go ahead. What's up?
1: Hi. Um, I had called in probably about a month or so ago, and I'm not sure if you remember, but I had the 13-year-old daughter, who is going to a local private school here and uh, trying to decide or help her decide whether or not to stay or go back to the public school where we live. Um, uh, I
2: remember well.
1: Yeah. So, you know, sadly things intensified a little worse, and um, so we felt as though it was in the best interest to take her out of the private school um, just because – she, uh, you know, she didn't have the motivation to be there, and the and the program is so rigorous to begin with that it was only a you know a uh, recipe for failure. So she's back in public schools. Um, I can't say that things are getting better, although I kind of thought that they would, considering this is really what she wanted was to get out of the private school and back into the public school. Her, def- you know, her defiance has gotten a little bit worse. Um, we are actually seeing somebody who was trained by you uh, in collaborative problem-solving, uh, a family therapist. And my problem, uh, our problem right now, is uh, a simple, straightforward one, getting her to go to these collaborative problem-solving sessions that we're um, doing with with the therapist. Um, she won't go. And the most recent one was yesterday and we asked, you know, I, my wife asked her to go, and she said no, she didn't want to go. And my wife said, why? She said, because I'm I'm not interested in having a relationship with you guys. And uh, so then I came home and found her at home. My wife had gone to the session, and uh, I was, you know, g- going to come home and change, and I saw H- her sitting there, my daughter, Haley, and I said, um, so what's
3: anything,
1: by the way. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, I said, so why aren't you with mom? I don't want to go. Okay. How come? Um, And then I don't need to get into the details, but they included, you know, I hate you. I don't want a relationship with you. I'll I'll never, I'll always hate you. And um, that's kind of where we are now. So there's a lot of like animosity there that trying to probe instead of, you know, getting her to I mean, it would be better to have silence from her, but it seems that the more we probe to kind of understand her and have empathy with her, the more she gets irritable, angry, and lashes out at us So that to the point where we just have to kind of leave the room. So I'm kind of stuck as to, you know, obviously the problem is getting her to therapy. Our concern is that we don't think things are going to get better until we all kind of get on board with this. But... Um, Getting through to her these days is just, like, really difficult with with the empathy step.
2: Well, here's um, one question that I have before we dive in here. I thank you for calling, by the way. Um, and you can relate to the weather we're having right now because uh, you're in Massachusetts, I can tell by the area code.
1: Yep. Um,
2: but um, so you can relate to the fact that I'm actually sitting in the parking lot of a Dunkin' Donuts doing the program with my laptop in front <laughs> of me, and it's <laughs> so long as my wireless connection holds up. Um, yeah. My question is this. Did your daughter go, and of course, I don't know what clinician you're talking about, so I don't have, and don't name any names. No. Um, lots of people say they've been trained by me, but th- that doesn't necessarily, isn't always meaningful. My question is, um, did your daughter go to any session or she has she not showed up at all yet?
1: She. We've had about four sessions and she showed up for uh Two of out, of out of the four.
2: Okay, and has she given you any information about? I know that she's saying she doesn't want to have a relationship with you, and she's saying other things that um, are hurtful, like that um, she hates you, and sounds like the more you drill for information, the more uh, caustic her comments become. Right. Um, my question is, how did she? How did she look when she was with the clinician? Did she? Was she talking? Did the clinician seem to be able to get her um, uh, roped into at least talking about some things? Or was your daughter really pretty difficult to engage right from the get-go?
1: She actually did uh, communicate, you know, um, with some of her problems that she has with us, with her mother and me. And she did, you know, voice those concerns to the therapist. At one point, the therapist actually sat down with her alone, and my wife and I went outside. And, um, you know, in the session yesterday, she reported back, you know, some of the information, a lot of Haley's concerns about us, um, her parents, and and some of the ways that we treat her that she's not happy with. So she was able to get some more information out of her um, uh, that – can be useful for you know for future problem solving. I guess I'm just kind of stuck in the, you know I'd love to talk about these problems and hear all your concerns and try to work out a a, a solution to the problems. But you know there's it just seems to be so much of a wall there. Uh, you know animosity. I, mean, I can't even figure out why. You know I'm 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 trying to be as as calm and nice as possible and you know not using plan A in any way. Um, You know, I didn't say you have to get to this therapy, we have to do it. Um, You know, it almost seems like the nicer I get, the more she becomes abusive.
2: Well, I would certainly say that the nicer you get and the more you back off, the more you're hearing from her. I I would say that the way she's expressing whatever it is that's going on with her is um, certainly not with the tone or with the content that would be preferable. Um, I don't want to have a relationship with you is rather vague as it relates to what her concerns are. And I don't want to have a relationship with you is rather vague as it relates to how she's come to the point that she's decided to largely write you off and write off the relationship. And quite frankly, not having been there, I'm not sure if she actually means that. I don't know if that's shorthand for this is getting uncomfortable or shorthand for I don't trust that this process that I am starting to talk in um, is actually going to work out for me
1: Mm -hmm. um that sounds like a reasonable assessment of what she she said there's one other thing she said to me um i don't need the help we don't need the help it's all your fault (laughs) you know you need the help mom and i don't need the help and in response to that i said well um Maybe I could step out of it for a while because mom still kind of feels like she needs some help and she'd like for you to be there at the session with her. And she said, well, I don't need the help. I'm done.
2: Okay. So I don't know what I don't need the help means. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to hear both kids and parents pointing at the other party and saying um, this is not about me, this is about you. So that nothing – I mean – while what you're going through is extremely difficult, no denying that. Um, Right. What you're describing is not terribly unusual in terms of what family members sound like before they are fully engaged in the process of solving problems. And that can take some time. What I'm hoping is that the therapist who you're working with, and once again, I don't need to know who that person is, hoping that the therapist who you're working with who has a much better feel for what went on in the session and what your daughter might really be saying when she's saying, I don't want to have a relationship with you, I'm not the one who needs the help, this is all about you, Um, I'm hoping that the clinician who you've begun working with might have some ideas about what it is that your daughter is exactly saying and what exactly it is that perhaps about beginning this process that made her uncomfortable. I mean, let's face it, in one respect, saying, I don't want to have a relationship with you, it's all you, is easier because there may be some things that have gone on in your relationship with your daughter that are difficult to talk about, um, that are not going to be easy to talk about. And in some respects, at least, it's easier to just say, let's not talk about that stuff.
1: That is one of her concerns. She she says that she... It's a, you know, she doesn't want to talk to strangers about her problems. It's none of their business.
2: Okay. So she is, the good news is that even though she is saying things in some respects in a way that is difficult to hear and it's not respectful, um, I would say that we are happier, even though it's hard to hear, it's better with her talking than with her not talking. The question is, um, if she won't go back to therapy, then the therapist will be in the position of trying to help you and your wife do this without your daughter's participation in the office. And while that can be done, it's not ideal because it's better, quite frankly, for the clinician to hear things firsthand from your daughter. I know that when I'm working with kids who it looks like are going to be reluctant participants in the process, sometimes I go overboard to assure the kid that the information that I mostly need from them is what their parents are doing, that is highly objectionable to them, that isn't working. And quite frankly, that's sort of meeting the kid right where they're at. And sometimes we have to stick with that for a while until the child becomes comfortable with the process. Um, Are you still with me? Yes, I am. Good, because according to my uh, web, I just got disconnected from the program. So. If Uh-oh. I get disconnected, just to those of you who are along the line, I'm gonna come back um uh, momentarily, I just need to figure out if I'm what I need to do here, just a second, and I'll come back to your call uh so if we get disconnected, I'll come right back. You might have to call back in, but I'll okay. keep talking and see if I can see if I can keep talking and connect at the same time. I can do that physically. We'll see if the uh internet lets me do it. Um, okay,
1: I'll hang on, and if I get disconnected, I'll just call back.
2: There you go. Um, So I'll keep talking, and then um, I'll keep asking you if you're still with me. Yep. So one of the things I do is I bend over backwards to let the child know what I'm mostly interested in is her her input on what it is that the parents are doing that um, she's finding to be so objectionable. And that often is a very good way to get the kid engaged in the process long enough and hanging in there long enough to get comfortable with the clinician to get comfortable with the fact that they are now um, talking with a stranger about their difficulties. Uh, right. Whatever it is that's uncomfortable about that, uh, we want to know. Um, I don't know if any of that happened. And I guess not having been there, I'm not exactly clear what it is that may have spooked your daughter mm-hmm. and well, caused she- her to feel, to, to throw in the towel.
1: She's – well, this is – we've had a series of therapists, and this is the third one. Um, Um, Actually, I shouldn't say a series because she's – we – when we first started noticing the problem, the problem she was having at school, you know, our first stop was to a psychiatrist because of a lot of the behavior that was going on here. We thought maybe mood disorder or even, uh, you know, something to do with uh, attention deficit. So we went to one psychiatrist, and she did not want to go. Um, we kind of twisted her arm. She, she eventually went, and then she refused to go back to her. She said, finally, when we kind of got through the plan B, sort of a messy plan B with her, she said she just didn't like this person and agreed to try somebody different. And we tried someone different, one more um, clinician that she sat down with one time, and she was about 20 minutes late for the session, and uh you know again decided she didn't like him either um and so this is our third but this is the only one that's actually been trained by you it's actually i know that she, she was referred by a facility um that you are affiliated with so i know that she was she's been trained in your in the actual collaborative problem solving that you teach um so it seemed like we were getting there with with this and, you know, out of the blue, I will tell you, this might have precipitated why she decided not to go is that she was asking me on Sunday to buy a game called Black Ops, which is sort of a violent uh, uh, game with swears throughout. And I, and I basically, I guess this would be plan A, but I basically said, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Um, she has asked me for this game before, and I've said, you know, I just, I'm not comfortable having that game in my house. And she goes on and on about that. So she kind of harbors a lot of resentment and anger with things like that. And so that happened on Sunday. And it almost seems like the reason she didn't, didn't go to the session is sort of out of um, spite in some way. That's I'm just guessing. I'm not sure.
2: Well, I think that I would. you could be right. I'd prefer to take the mentality that there may have been something about um, doing this that spooked her or that made it hard for her. Um, And the big question is whether you're going to be able to have help from the clinician in figuring that out. And what I mean is direct help. Because I think that the clinician, and once again, I don't know who it is and and don't want to know who it is and still don't have any sense about whether this is somebody who's doing collaborative problem solving well. But let's assume that this is somebody who's doing collaborative problem solving well and that um, your daughter forged the very beginnings of a relationship with this person. Um, the clinician's either going to be guiding you from a distance or your daughter will go back in and um, re-engage in the process. Not really sure why she decided not to go in. Um, spite would not be one of my leading explanations, but I wouldn't take it off the table. I guess the big question is, what is it about doing this that's hard for her? I don't know if the clinician overemphasized that this was about relationship. That may be be terminology that is a little scary to your daughter at this point because she may have written you guys off and the clinician may be saying, no, 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 we're going to have a relationship together. So it's, it's extremely hard just based on the information that you're giving me. And having not been privy to the discussion between the clinician and your daughter, hard for me to know exactly why your daughter is now taking the stance I'm not going back. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you and your wife to go back. Perhaps the clinician can guide you from a distance. Um, What I'm always saying to kids is um, I understand that there are things your parents are doing that you have a strong objection to, that um, it's hard for you to even imagine having a relationship with them at this point. And quite frankly, I'm not sure that you need to have a relationship with them. I'm not sure that you're going to have a relationship with them. I do know that it's going to be hard for you guys to live together this way, relationship or not, so I'm thinking let's just get some problems solved and I'm going to need your input to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And often, not always, that's enough to have the kid keep coming back. But I guess the main advice I would give you, given that I'm not intimately involved in the case, is to consult with the clinician Mm -hmm. and ask the clinician um, his or her guidance on um, next steps given that your daughter has taken this stance. And that may be as far as I can take you without being privy to the discussion that took place in the clinician's office. That, that may right. be the best I can do. It,
1: um, as far as, because we have another session uh, scheduled for tomorrow, you know, I can just anticipate when we say, you know, that we have this appointment at uh, whatever time tomorrow, I can anticipate the same sort of reaction Um do you have any advice in terms of how to approach it maybe differently or, you know, how, you know, at what point should I even approach well, it or should I just, I just assume she's not going?
2: I wouldn't assume she's not going, but I would. Number one question is whether there are times when your daughter might be more approachable than others. And if there's a time that where she is more approachable, I think that you could potentially be approaching her. And quite frankly, this is, you know, worst case scenario, you and your wife go and, um, Ask the clinician what he or she would do. And since she knows the case far better than I do, that's probably the leading advice. But generically, um, what I'm saying, what I'm telling parents to ask the child is, um, you know, we we realize we've done some things that you have a problem with. Um, We realize that this is hard. It's going to be hard for us to solve the problems that are getting in the way for us without your input. Mom and I will try. We'll go without you. But um, I know that the doctor is going to want to hear your point of view. Otherwise, it's going to be hard for your point of view to be represented. Um, that's often what I'm telling people to say. Whether mm-hmm. that's going to fly with your daughter, the clinician you're working with would know better. And that's who I would rely on since she knows your situation way better than I do.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think that's good advice. And I, I think, you know, the focusing on having her point of view – heard versus, you know, trying to develop a relationship um, is probably going to be effective if if that message can get through. The problem I'm having is that, you know, even in the nicest tones, when I ask her to do something, it's, it's uh, with just about anything these days, it's just, you know, a lot of anger and lashing out so you know it's just getting past that and there are times when there you know when she's not like that and she's actually kind of you know happy and smiling and laughing um you know so Good i got i got to just pick those those times
2: you may want to pick those times that doesn't mean that her uh, her stance would change dramatically if you bring up treatment again that could happen but i guess if we ask ourselves what is the main reason that a kid would come into treatment uh especially if it's treatment to improve things with people who things have not been going well with, especially if it feels like something that potentially could feel like it's being imposed, especially if the people who have she's not been getting along with are the ones who want her to do it. What is the child's main inducement? And I find that probably tops on the list is not that the relationship will improve. That actually in some kids is going to scare them away because they don't, they don't see that as even in the cards and nor quite frankly, are they even interested. They, may have written their parents off. I'm not talking about your daughter with you. I'm just talking about kids in general. When things have not been going well between child and parent, improving the relationship, I would say, is not something that is usually a, much of an inducement to the kid, nor right. is problem-solving because that often doesn't make sense to them. Right. Often the main inducement is that whatever they are upset about, whatever they're mad about, whatever their parents are doing wrong, whatever their parents have done to upset them. Those things will be heard. And right. that, quite frankly, is way high on the list. Yeah. Um I'm hoping the clinician you're working with made that clear to her. Uh mm. you can make that clear to her. It's gonna be very hard for you guys to change the way you've been handling her and the way you've been interacting with her without you knowing better what it is that you're screwing up on.
1: That's uh, a that's now, a good point. I
2: think that Does that mean that you're the only one screwing up? No, but is the main inducement to her participating in the early phases of treatment being heard on the ways she believes you have screwed up? Yes. The other stuff may not come until later. Um, That's probably generically the best guidance I can give you at this point, not knowing your situation better, but I want to thank you for calling in today.
1: Okay, thanks a lot, Dr. Crane.
2: And best of luck to you. Um, Boy, that's, you know, that's hard is, you know, hard enough sometimes to find a therapist who's doing collaborative problem solving. That's hard. And then sometimes you find that person and you get an appointment and then you have a child who's not a terribly willing participant in treatment um, or sometimes a spouse who's not a terribly willing participant in treatment and um, hard stuff. But manageable, so long as we take a look at what would the kid's main inducement to participating in treatment be. Kids want to be heard. Kids want to be understood. Um, sometimes the parental agenda for treatment has no appeal to the kid whatsoever. Susie, do you want to weigh in on any of this? Any of this resonating with you in terms of your experiences with collaborative problem solving? Um,
0: well, I think I think what I wanted to say was, you know, it's not uncommon to, um, it's or rather I should say it like this. It's difficult to find the right fit with the right therapist, and it's not uncommon for it to take two or three times. Um, and and it's really important to hear your kid when they say they don't like the therapist, um, even though the parents might. Um, you've, Got to kind of go with trusting your kid on this one a lot, because otherwise it's it's not going to work. Um, and I do know this from experience. Um, the other thing was just about um, it. it, it takes a lot of time again to get the CPS ball rolling and um I know I've said it before but these problems didn't happen overnight and it's not going to um resolve itself in one or two sessions. I think that's about what I needed to when say. When you
2: think about your kids
0: mm-hmm.
2: what would their main inducement to participate in this process have been. Why Why would a kid participate? I mean, I'm talking in terms of my perspective as a clinician and what I find gets kids to come back. Um, there's the connection with the clinician, but that sometimes is, I mean, I, I bend over backwards to form a connection with a child and I'm sometimes mm-hmm. more successful than at others. Um, But it always feels to me like the main inducement is um, feeling heard, feeling understood, because many kids who are coming in for the type of treatment I do, families that are not getting along with each other, have spent a long time not feeling heard, a long time feeling not understood, and a long time feeling like parents are imposing their will on them. And the hardest part for me as a clinician is to, sidestep the imposition of will issue briefly just because it's imposition of will that is often why the child is sitting in my office in the first place. But I have to shift it off of the fact that will has been imposed upon them and have them feeling like there is something about treatment that will be working for them and not that relationship is often too strong and not that they will feel better. They don't want to hear that. That sounds unrealistic to them. Why would a kid want to participate in treatment.
0: I think you're exactly right when you um make the point of having the kids concerns heard. Um, I, I know that to be the case with our family's problem and our our son's difficulties. Um life was just unbearable for him um, the way things were going at home but the other thing that, that you touched on that I thought was a really important point was and as a parent this is very difficult and very hurtful but trying to accept that for now you might not have much of a relationship with your child that all takes time Eventually, it may come through collaborative problem-solving and Plan B, but just accepting for now that, you know, you just might not have that traditional parent-child relationship. That having been said, when that happens, it's important to try to relate to the child on their level and make some sort of a connection and and really try to listen, in some cases for the first time, what that child's trying to say. Does that help?
2: Uh helps me uh, to paraphrase what... The parent's agenda is for treatment.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: is frequently not the same thing that is appealing to a child in terms of why they would participate. Now, you know, sometimes very young kids don't even have any idea why they're there. Mm. Um, and, you know, but then those kids, um, you're explaining that we're solving problems together and they're good to go. It's older kids who are a bit more alienated and may have had a long-standing adversarial relationship with their parent who um, have to be rapidly engaged. And it doesn't sound like the child who we were hearing about wasn't rapidly engaged. It sounds like she was sitting with the clinician and talking with her and et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not exactly clear why she wouldn't come back. But I guess the point that you're making is, Parental agenda for treatment is very different than kids' agenda for treatment, and sometimes when we hit kids too hard with the parental agenda for treatment, uh, scares them away. Sometimes because that's not why they're there; they're not—they're not even close to being there yet. I should mention we have another caller, and Great. I'm always hesitant, hesitant to bring people on um, late in the program because. Uh, I hate having to cut people off at the end of the program and the program ends, but we're gonna we're gonna take our chances. And if the juice in my computer holds out too, this is the next issue that we're dealing with. Not just no, not just internet connection, but now juice in my laptop. Oh dear. Um, if, here we go. We're gonna says I've got um, 15 minutes left. We have 10 minutes left in the program, so let's bring this person on and we'll take our chances. Okay. Um, area code four one five. Uh, you're now on the program. Welcome. What's up? What's on your mind today? Hello, Dr. Green? Hello. Yes, hi.
3: Hi. Hi. I'm calling from San Francisco where it's sunny and warm, I'm sorry to say, for
2: you. Um, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you.
3: <laughs> it's lovely. <clears throat> so I'll try to be quick because I know we're at the end of the show here. But I've been listening and if, to by your the way, show.
2: If it's something that I think is going to take a while to answer, just so much do I hate having to cut people off when they're when they're in the middle of something you know we talk about some important things on this program that people have strong emotions about and the last thing i want to do is you know at in nine and a half minutes say we don't have enough time so let's let's hear what you're going to talk about but then let's just leave the option open that we might have you call back next week when we have more time to talk about it but go ahead okay that sounds great so i've been listening to your show religiously for the last um uh,
3: well, I just found it six months ago, and I listened to all the programs, and and I'm listening to the families call also and talk about how difficult it is to get to therapy and get your children to engage in therapy, and I had this idea. What about a collaborative problem-solving family summer camp? <laughs> I would like so much to spend a week with you and other professionals like you where we could really just... Practice as a family all of the skills that we're trying to learn either in therapy or by reading your book or practicing alone at home. um, It just feels so isolating. Uh, And sometimes it's really hard. It's such a great idea. It's such a simple idea. But actually doing collaborative problem solving is really challenging. And so I just wanted to put that idea out to you. I don't know if you've ever thought of offering
2: something like that. Well, I think it's a great idea. I have thought about it before. Um, The challenge for me, then, there are camps out there, I'm not going to name any of them, that I'm not associated with that um, claim to be doing something similar to collaborative problem solving. But if you're asking me, have I ever considered opening a summer camp where people could come and spend a week with their child or longer um, and learn how to do this, the answer is yes. Uh, if you're asking now, that now the, now the bigger question: um, Do I have time to make it happen yet? No. Um, okay. Will it happen someday? I'm not going to make any promises, but I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. How well, soon? That's great. I don't know. Um, but well, I may, love maybe if a
3: lot of our listeners. Um Uh, I'll write in and email you and tell you how much we would love to spend a week with you. Maybe that might inspire you to do it sooner than later.
2: That's (laughs) very nice to um, say. And to tell you the truth, I would love to do it. Um, I'm I'm not necessarily sure I want people seeing me playing basketball anytime soon, but uh, (laughs) that's what has to go on at summer camp. And what else don't I want people seeing me doing? Um, There's probably many things I don't want people seeing me doing, but that's not what's scaring me off. The only thing that's scaring me off at the moment, is time. And um, so, yes, people could write it and tell me, but I just want to assure people I'm already deeply devoted to making what you're describing happen. This is purely a matter of that four-letter word, time. Um, yeah. So, yes, I would do this even if it meant people seeing me playing basketball. Time <laughs> okay. is a crucial issue.
3: Well, if there's anything we can do to help facilitate and move it along, um, we I, I know I'm out here. Wishing for more time with you, especially since you don't come out to the West Coast all that often. And um, I'm sure there's other families who would really like to spend some intensive time and really, you know, practice it in action—not just sitting in an office, but really, you know, have those moments where you're—it just comes up and you need to just do it right then.
2: Um, I love it. Just, I like home. the idea. Of- I love the idea of families having a week to have fun together, too. I'll tell you what I'd like you to do. Go to the Lives in the Balance website. Click on the contact form. Email me. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start my summer camp waiting list. Okay. And I may even uh, ask the people who want to do this for their ideas about what they'd like it to look like. So that if I do this, I have lots of input from lots of folks who are interested in participating in it. And then it can be as good as it can possibly be, because I'll have the input from lots of folks. So email me. I'll start a summer camp file, and um, okay. the minute I'm ready to, the minute I have the brain space to actually start giving this some thought, you'll hear from me. Sound good? That sounds great. Thank you, Doctor Green. Thank you for calling in. What a cool idea. Susie, would you go to summer camp? Love to. Even if I met people seeing you playing basketball.
0: I love basketball.
2: 'Cause you can always choose a different activity. Um <laughs> no, you know, at, at no, summer camp they have flexible. lots of activities to choose from.
0: No, basketball it is. You said basketball, so we're sticking with basketball.
2: If it's then if it's basketball, it's basketball. And um right. that's you know, that's just the way it's gonna be. So mm-hmm. at the collaborative problem solving summer camp there will be basketball. Presumably lots of other fun activities, but most importantly, collaborative problem solving. And I really love the idea of a family spending a week together. Mm -hmm. learning how to do it Um, before my battery runs out of juice i think i'm going to have the program end for now we don't have time for another caller i appreciate you participating in the panel today of course i'm going to have to follow up with our other panel members hoping that they they some of them live in areas that would be being affected by this weather as well and may not have necessarily had the opportunity to pull over in front of a dunkin donuts to participate in the program (laughs) So we'll have to – I'm watching all of these people leaving with their cafe lattes. I've got a cafe latte sign staring at me right in the face. So um, I'm going to turn the heat back on in my car, put my windshield wipers on, make my way to my office. But I'm very glad that you participated today, and um, I think it was a good program despite the uh, hurdles the elements thrown at us the, through us. So thank you for participating today.
0: My pleasure. Drive safe.
2: You bet. Take and care. that's going to do it for the program today. Um, I am – Delighted, light is going in, and decided to listen. Thanks for bearing with the elements. Hope my cell connection was good enough for the program to make sense. Fuck it.